Those were the worst days. Now we sip champagne till we thirsty. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, Thursday, January 9th. I'm J.E. Skeets, alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Hey, guys. Tass, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lily, and last but not least, making the magic happen, that's J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Guys, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. We stepped on the beach yesterday, had a blast. That was a zany episode. <laughs> so zany. For the No Dunks crew, we discussed uh, trying King of the Court at All Star Weekend. We talked about Giannis and his elite defense, got into Costco pizza, um, winter boots. Who is the NBA's version of Sting and Shaggy? <laughs> um, and a whole lot more. Again, that one got a little wild, especially near the end. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great episode. As I was going to bed last night, the thing I couldn't stop thinking about was that Lee named four Shaggy songs off the top of his head. The man is not deep into the pop culture realm. Just listed off four Shaggy songs like it was no problem. That's how I went to sleep. <laughs> Crazy. We got that from Lee and also uh, what I hope to be one of the better drops in the future, uh, him talking about kombucha. Um, so, yeah, go check that one out. That's the, the uh, Beach Steppin' podcast that we dropped on Wednesday afternoon. In other news, we announced yesterday that we will be recording a live podcast in Chicago during All-Star Weekend, Saturday, February 15th at the Shuba's Tavern in Chicago, 6 p.m. local start, doors open at 5.30. We told you this, I don't know, like 24 hours ago, and tickets are almost gone. Wow. There are only a few tickets remaining to purchase. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunkslive. And this isn't one of those things where people are lying to you just to get you to buy tickets to uh, make you pull the plug on it. Maybe you're contemplating. These are legit almost gone in uh, in about 24 hours. So shout out to everyone that already got your ticket. We can't wait to see you in Chicago on the 15th. Um, VIP tickets are gone. Sorry, we didn't have a whole lot of those. Um, but there are still some of the general tickets um, available for that show. 6 p.m. show. And uh, I know people were Breaking asking. news. It sold out. Oh! <laughs> JD with the work wow. bomb. <laughs> wow. Okay. All gone. Um, well, we won't edit that out. We'll keep that in. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that bought tickets. We can't wait. And this just means we're going to have to do more of these live shows, I think, too. But let's let's see how this one goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's crush this one first. Yeah, up at, uh, up at Shuba's Tavern in Chicago, and then uh, we'll go from there. Oh, that is amazing. Wow. Selling out Shuba's. What a great venue. you love to hear have it. Have you been? Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. people, I mean it's a it's a well known that we're yeah. going there. Yeah, it's a good venue. Uh, we'll have a good time, but not as fun as the fans who are going to be there in attendance. That is awesome. Yeah, that was like twenty four hours. Okay, great. And that will be a podcast up afterward as well. Good call. Good call, mm-hmm. Tess. All right, we got um, wow, we have a lot to talk about here. Uh, we also got a top five from Lily. Yes, we do. What are you working on it right <laughs> no, now? Why I'm not are you working saying on it? Like that? You'll see. You'll see. Interesting. Uh, we've got tweet of the night, but in the association on Wednesday, whoa, boy, Heat and Pacers, it got a little spicy when Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren, they got tangled up on a drive. They had to be separated. They had some choice words for each other. Words were exchanged. On the very next possession, Jimmy, he throws a shoulder into Warren. He's called for the offensive foul. Warren trails behind Jimmy. Gives him the sarcastic clap. Well, that earned Warren his second technical. He was immediately ejected. Jimmy 
while Warren's getting tossed, blowing him kisses on his way out. Warren's flipping the bird. It was amazing. After the game, Jimmy didn't hesitate to speak his mind. Here's a clip. I think it's tough for him because I can guard him and he can't guard me. Like, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I think you just got to watch your mouth in certain situations. There's some that you just don't say as a man. He, he got he to see me the next time because I, I feel like what he said was, was truly disrespectful. And it's all good because um, we see him again. I ain't scared of nobody. So, you know, he's talking about, oh, we're going to fight, this, that, this, that. He's not, he's not even in my league, like nowhere near me. Um, and if, if I was their coach, I would, I would never put him on me ever again. He, he's like, no, put somebody else on me because I'm, I'm a Ted every time we play. He's trying. <laughs> okay, not long after that, Jimmy posted a photo to his Instagram account circling the next game between the Heat and the Pacers. The true or false question for you guys. March 20th <laughs> is suddenly the most anticipated game on the NBA calendar. True or false? It better get on national TV. That's all I know. It's got to get off League Pass on national TV. <laughs> Flex it, please. Put it, Flex hard. Whoever's airing the NCAA tournament that night, just air that instead. Oh, but, wow. But yeah. somebody, will put, <laughs> somebody will put on Pacers and Heat. This was, uh, this was awesome. It was phenomenal. The only bad part was that TJ Warren had to clap and get kicked out of the game. That was the only bad part. Yeah. It could have been nice to go on a little bit longer, but... Jimmy's great, isn't he? Mm. He is. Whether you love him or hate him, it's awesome to have a, a character like Jimmy Butler in the league. Uh, this is why I will always be a Jimmy Butler fan, because he will talk trash about literally anybody. His teammates, opponents, uh, a coaching staff's decisions, it doesn't matter. And I 100% agree with Jimmy Butler. TJ Warren's not in his league. He can't guard Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can shut him down any single day. We stand a legend. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> well, if I'm Nate McMillan then, I put TJ on him straight away the next game they play. Because I think he's kind of in Jimmy's head a little bit. The fact that Jimmy had to say so much, Jimmy had to hit social media up, that you know that it's like, because TJ didn't really say anything. He was just like, all right, yeah, we lost. We got killed. Move on. But Jimmy wanted to sort of continue the beef. Oh, yeah, so, Jimmy lives for this. And, and when, you, when he says, like, he can't guard me, well, the one that he got the second technical foul from was because of good defense from TJ <laughs> right, Warren. So, right. you know, right. I, I, this, is, this is great, though. This is what we want is, is a little bit more, you know, rivalry in spice in the league because too many people criticize and say they're too friendly. Yep. Not enough of this stuff in it. And it wasn't anything nasty. I mean, that first... No, I was a little worried on the first one when... Jimmy does blow by Warren, and then Warren grabs him. Yeah. Jimmy spins around, and I honestly thought he was going to unleash yeah. hell on him. Yeah. The, uh, he caught himself, and then it was yeah. a classic NBA fight where it's like, hey, separate me. And That's where it all work. started from. It yeah. all started from grabbing Jimmy Butler around the shoulders. NBA players do not like touching around the shoulders head area. <laughs> and and that's why he got upset, and that's where it all started from. And it's, it's understandable. No touch zone up there. It's, it's not. I didn't, a, it's I didn't not think allowed. it was malicious though. I thought it was. I like, was trying to slow him down. Yeah, you yeah. got past me. Yeah. I'm taking the foul. Yeah, totally. You know? But that's why Jimmy says he was... can't guard me. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Because he went right by him. Oh, and, and then the, and then Jimmy Butler just wanted when they got back after that. Jimmy Butler just wanted to put his shoulder in T.J. Warren's chest mm. to show him oh. who's boss. That's yeah. all that was. And it backfired on. It backfired on Jimmy because he got the offensive foul. But then, but it truly backfired on Warren. Yeah, for clapping, for clapping, which. You know, to get tossed for that, like, especially because he had that. I know that they, they always call that taunt. Well, not always. A lot of times they do call that 
a taunting tee. Right. And it's re- legit the next possession after I know, both I know, of them just got teed up for getting into it. So it's like, hey, everybody relax. Yeah. Here. But you're, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I hate to see a guy just tossed for clapping behind yeah. his head. I mean, we love Maybe it. Maybe let it play out a little longer. But, you know, it, but, but on the rules, based on the rules... He deserved a T, I guess, for that, and so he does get ejected. But uh, the, the Heat blew them out in this game. Yeah. We should note that. Here, the other part about this is, uh, you know, it's not like Jimmy went for forty on TJ Warren in a Wednesday night's <laughs> game. I mean, he it was fine. He definitely didn't light him up, though. He blew by him on that one possession, and then yeah, TJ had to grab him. But that's the one part that's like. I hope to God we see this game, and I hope both guys are playing. And then let's see if uh, Butler can go for a 30-plus, a 40-point game, and will Warren be on him, and what Nate McMillan does, and what's bolster Like, oh, I'm excited. It's good for the Pacers to get a little bit of publicity because right. they don't get any. And so they're at 23-15. and 15. That's, They're having a good season without Victor Oladipo. And March 20th, when this game is is going on between them and the Heat. Victor Oladipo will be back, as you told uh, Sham Sharanya, the athletic Sham Sharanya, and stadium Sham Sharanya, that uh, he's coming back later this month, January 29th, I believe, is yep. uh, circled on Against the schedule. The yeah. So how do, you, how do you know that you're coming back like three weeks away? Well, I think you he know? even talked about that. Like, It's nice to sort of pick the game, pick the date to sort of shoot for that target, ah, but okay. things could change. I, I, I don't okay. think it's like 100% he will be in that game. but It's good to see. It. Hopefully it'll be uh, you know full throttle Pacers back with Malcolm Brogdon. We'll see a good matchup because whoever the Pacers play in the playoffs, whether it's the Heat, as you know Dwayne Wade tweeted last night, he was pumped to see the Heat and Pacers go out. If those two teams play, it's going to be great. Whoever the Pacers play is going to be great. They're a tough, tough team. Yeah, uh, you can now add the Jimmy blowing kisses to TJ Warren, that gift going around. You can add that to the awesome collection already of Pacers – heat gifts that we've had oh, yeah. from some of these playoff series before. A lot of Lance Stevenson involved, you know, blowing in LeBron's ear. There's that classic one where Lance is being Lance and Wade gives him like the, uh, Who is this what guy? the hell is he doing? I think there's the Haslam one too where he stepped, is it the Lance as well, that one where he sort of like he was a, he was that at one point? He was an instigator yeah. during those couple of years. Remember he did like the choke sign to him so then Dexter Pittman had to come in and knock him out of the uh, air. Yeah, <laughs> Dexter Pittman. We've got this one with uh, Jimmy. um, And throw it in the Jimmy Butler collection of gifts as well. Jimmy Butler, the guy is Mr. (laughs) Face Reactions. That's what you get from hanging out with Mark Wahlberg all the time. Well, that's. I'm glad you said that. Jimmy Butler, and I don't know if it's just because uh, Vanderpump Rules just came back into our lives, Trey, but Jimmy Butler just screams reality television star. Yeah. Like, he would be perfect in any of those type of shows because he's so emotional like he's he's a little wild he's a little crazy he's got that crazy gene I mean, in he's him. happy to stir the pot exactly sure. and it's great tv it's it's unbelievable he needs uh to be in one of those shows put him in vanderpump rules for crying out loud or uh give him his own show because it's a uh, must watch television i guess one thing that's going out a little bit under the radar is jimmy butler started that that spiel that clip we heard with he said something disrespectful to yeah. me because usually you know we would be investigating that what the heck did he say yeah. let's lip read in a scenario in an NBA arena, everybody wants to know what the heck was said. I think that was just sort of auto speak coming out of Jimmy's mouth. I don't think I, I mean I like we said like Lee said TJ Warren didn't say anything post game. Doesn't seem like a bit of that much of a talker. Like I don't I think know, he said I've anything. Barely ever heard TJ Warren say a word. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting to see him so heated yeah, last right. night, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, that honestly gave me a little bit more respect for TJ Warren. If he wants to throw down with Jimmy Butler, I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> but he doesn't have an Instagram post since November 7th, 2019. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Where you at? Uh, he wouldn't even address it after the game. Yeah, yeah, but you're right, Taz. Like, 
With a guy like Jimmy Butler, it could have been as simple as TJ Warren saying, uh, you don't deserve to start in the All-Star game or something like that. <laughs> and Jimmy's like, ah. Oh. I voted for Siakam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it could be something And like this that. game's in Indiana, right, on March 20th? Is that correct? I don't know. 99.9% okay. sure. Because the Instagram post that Jimmy put up said, away game. Like on the sidebar, I, th- oh. I think he goes to the, oh, to NBA dot com slash heat slash schedule to get his schedule. So I assume it was uh, it's in Indiana. <laughs> Few more notes. I actually think uh, this um, exchange between the two guys. This is all Eric Spolster's fault. <laughs> it's all his fault because coming into this game, he had talked about the Heat being mediocre on the road. I mean, that's that's again something that a guy like Jimmy Butler needs to hear. The doubt from his own coach, oh, I'll show you mediocre. (laughs) We're going to go to war here tonight. So I think it's Spolster's fault. And the other thing I'm interested, let's say Jimmy Butler is going to be an all-star. Let's say DeMontis Sabonis is an all-star. What's Giannis going to do here? Giannis probably going to be the... uh, you know, the captain right. of the East. Right. Is he going to put them together? Is he going to draft them on Ooh. the same team? Is he going to separate them? <laughs> you know, not Sabonis was involved in it, but he's got to go to bat for his guy. Yeah. I think Giannis is a peacemaker. Right, because we've already had the peacemaking uh, happen in the All-Star game with... Yes. Uh, who was that? It was, it was um, uh, Russ and KD. That's right. Yeah. Russ and KD. Yeah, a couple of years ago. So, I don't know. What will Giannis do? We will see. Sabonis got to get there first. Yeah. Well. How deep is Giannis into the, the gossip world of the NBA? Hey, look, I'm just throwing he seems it so there. above it to me. He doesn't want to deal with these fools fighting amongst each other when he's a guy. <laughs> wow. Well, well, every, every game, every pregame, though, he's like uh, getting into it with Robert that's a good point. Yeah, that's you know? right. So, good point. Good point. He's getting better, too, at, ah, the, at this, the fake wrestling. Ah. I think he's stomping his foot as he throws his punch. You can hear something. You know, he's, he's doing oh, it. Yeah, he's yeah. doing it way <laughs> better now. I, I, think, I think they are really good. I still enjoy them. You know, All the Bucks, right. are, they're re- even if they're choreographing them, doesn't matter. They're still great. <laughs> but you don't watch wrestling. Well, we're not live, and we've got free tickets. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, that's right. You love going to SmackDown Live when Renee gets his tickets. I forgot about that part. Name uh, drop. Yeah. Next one here, guys. Denver Nuggets finished uh, their five-game road trip with a 107-106 win over the Mavericks last night. The Joker scored 26 of his 33 points in the second half. He was damn near unstoppable in the third quarter. He also delivered the game-winning basket. Eight seconds left. Back down the smaller Finney Smith and got the jump hook to drop. So, true or false, especially off the heels of his big game against the Hawks, true or false, MVP Jokic is back. False. I won't say MVP Jokic is back. He's certainly playing better, looking much better, mm-hmm. looking more energetic and involved. Engaged. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, and, and realizing that he is the franchise player and the teams look to him to guide them to wins. And against Atlanta, that was a game they obviously should have won. He had a career night. And then in Dallas, that game last night could have gone either way. At the end, he had that play. He had a mismatch. I mean, they don't really have a big anyway. The well, Mavericks, especially without Porzingis. Exactly, yeah, without Porzingis. And he just took him inside and did a classic uh, Jokic game-winning sort of oh, flippy, I know. flicky. The dinks and the dubs <laughs> for the game wins. Like, he must have now at least five or six of those sort of shots that uh, either win the game or certainly put his team ahead it's in either, the last. It's either one of those where he backs down and then just chucks it up and it goes in uh, like a dinks and a dump. Or it's like a crazy, like, fadeaway three Higher, or around one the legged three point sort line. of thing. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing, because I think he has six game winners now over the last two years. That, that seems, seems about yeah. right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he's just, he's looking like the player that uh, he was last season, you know, and he's, again, he's, he seems to be uh, aggressive as much as he can be aggressive. He's not the sort of snarling type of guy, but just the, the engagement and the focus on the court and saying, hey, 
you can't really stop me. I can hit the three. I can step out and hit that. I get to the free throw line, or I can just use my big slippery body to go inside and <laughs> and score those. Really, he's got those beautiful soft hands around the rim. Yeah. Um, and and again, game like that last night. It's it's basically, you know, a, a one possession game right at the end, and uh, he took over for his team and won it. But why can't you put him in the MVP conversation? What what more do you want the guy to do? He just scored eighty points in two games, had his career high with forty seven, and then thirty three at a twenty one point quarter. I mean, he put the team on his back. Yeah, but on that those big shoulders that somehow we've been ridiculing him for a month that they're big and fat shoulders, but now they're just big and <laughs> slender shoulders. Like he he just doesn't have natural cuts. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> he's still got more work to do to get into the table there at the uh, at the MVP. Yeah, 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 but he's playing at an MVP level right now. These these games, yeah. and he's back to he's back to being you know the best big in the game. I think he's he's playing better than Joel Embiid. Carl Anthony Towns isn't playing. Rudy Gobert's not. You know, at Nikola's level offensively. Anthony Davis has a bruised butt. Anthony Davis, yeah. If you yeah. throw him in that center discussion, sure, biggest big. Uh, he, he definitely should be there. I wasn't putting him in there, but that's totally totally fair. Mm. Um, yeah, def- uh, it's nice to see Rick Carlisle say, hey, Chris Haps-Porzingis isn't on, in the post because it, it's not an effective shot. It's not an efficient shot. And then the guy who opposes them just goes into the post <laughs> and beats their ass. Uh, and I, I understand what Carlisle's doing. Chris Porzingis isn't in the post because he's not a good post player. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guys can push him out. And it would have been nice for Carlisle to have Porzingis on Jokic for those shots. Just that height alone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Big time. Because it wasn't just that one on Finney Smith. It was uh, a minute or two prior to that when they were down. I mean, it looked like the Mavs were going to win this game. Yeah. Um, Jokic got the switch with, uh, I believe it was DeLon Wright on his back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right. I mean, sorry. Like one backup, two backup, and then he's like under the rim. Um, he's just huge. He's a huge dude. Yeah, but honestly, you love to see him backing the guys down because I think that opposing coaches are trying to throw little guys at him, trying to throw single coverage at him, make him a score because we know Jokic wants the pass. He wants to b- distribute the ball, get to his triple doubles, move it all around. He doesn't necessarily just want to be a scorer, but he was using that juicy boosie and just backing <laughs> down. Yeah. And I don't know. His scoring has gone up every single month. His usage rate has gone up every single month. His field goal percentage is improving. Zach Lowe said he thinks Jokic is just playing his way into shape because he knows it's going to be a longer season. It looks like it's working so far for him. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the other thing I take away from this game is seeing the way things ended with Dorian Finney-Smith, the last two possessions, that's where they got to upgrade, right? I mean, Finney-Smith has had a pretty solid season. He's He plays hard. He plays defense. He can make a shot every now and then. But... Uh, too small to hold his ground against Jokic, which okay. fair enough. Yeah. But then a little bit of a panic mode on the other side where he could have maybe got the shot off from the corner three and then couldn't really get the pass out in time after he did the pump fake. Uh, that to me is if that's Andre Iguodala, maybe you're getting the stop on defense. Maybe you're getting the shot up from the corner. Maybe you're getting the pass out. Somebody that's a little bit more experienced would be a perfect fit for yeah. the Mavs. That's a good call. He had to shoot that, whether he got blocked uh, on yeah. that closeout or not. He had to shoot it. There was no time left. It was a good closeout from uh, Great closeout. Was, was that Beasley? That Beasley, yeah. Got yeah. out there, yeah. That was, that was nice defense. From he him. saw that play unfolding because he left his man. Yeah. And he and he realized that like he's there and he had to get over there and uh, even, didn't, didn't even, jump, uh, didn't panic. Plumley yeah. uh, hustled back yeah. to after the after he dribbled in um, Finney Smith. I mean, there could have been even a little jumper on the baseline yeah. there, but you know Plumley was coming fast and got the hops yeah it was great defense they were scrambling Mike Malone loves that when his team plays smart defense like that so do you (laughs) I do you posted the clip I I believe I did that would have been a very solid defensive play 
If we still had wow. that segment. Wow. <laughs> wow. Big if. Um, Jokic has done this. I love watching it when it happens, when he takes over these games. There was a, a couple months ago against the Sixers. He had one against the Pacers recently, and then that Hawks monster game. And then now this one against the Mavs. I just, we got to get to the bottom of why he just sucks ass in November. <laughs> I mean, like you said it, Trey, he just gets better as the year goes on generally. Go look at his career splits. It's sort of mind-boggling. In the month of November, in Jokic's career, and we're talking a big chunk of games here. That's 70 games, 70-plus games, 71, I think, to be exact. He's averaging 12 points. And he's like, usage rate wow, way weird. down. Like, you're looking at it now, right? Yeah. He can't hit a three to save his life. And then you basically look at every other month, you know, from there on out, you know, with December, January, February. It's wild. Like, and not just, I'm not talking about just this year, people. I'm talking about his whole career. He is just a slow starter. Mm. Um, but I guess he finally gets it going, and then he's right there in that MVP conversation. I believe Basketball Reference, as of this morning, has him as the seventh, yes, seventh-ranked guy in the MVP candidate race. You got, wow, actually, bit of a shock. Harden, number one right now over Giannis. Mm. I believe that's a new development. LeBron, Luka, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler right there. And then Jokic at seventh. Hmm. Just no Chris above Paul on that, uh, on that no, list? No, Rudy ninth and Bam tenth. Favors the big guys. Yeah. Loves those boards. boards. That's exactly mm. right. Um, but good game from Jokic. All right, let's keep it moving here. This one was weird. I woke up to this story because I went to bed somewhat early last night. Cavs coach John Beeline apologized to his players for saying that they were no longer playing like a bunch of thugs, saying that he meant to use the word slugs. The incident took place during a film session on Wednesday Beeline told Woj, Woj was breaking this story, quote, I didn't realize that I had said the word thugs, but my staff told me later I did, and so I must have said it. I meant to say slugs, as in slow moving. We weren't playing hard before, and now we were playing harder. I meant it as a compliment. That's what I was trying to say, end quote. Beeline also said he reached out to um, particular players on the Cavs to apologize and, and to talk to them about this, uh, what he says was, you know, just misspoke. True or False. Beeline won't be coaching the Cavs next season. I think that's true. I, I think he'll be gone today, actually. Whoa. I'm, I'm guessing. I, there's lots of reasons to give John Beeline the axe. And, uh, yeah, you can't speak this way, and I don't buy the slugs. You don't? Convers no, <laughs> I, I don't. Slugs. Has any coach in the history of, M of basketball said you guys were playing like a bunch of slugs? Are slugs <laughs> assembled in a bunch? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I look, number, number one and number two, it, it just it it doesn't make sense, okay. and it's guys have played sluggish before. You know that's been said, right? You're I'm just you're right about advocate. guys have been playing. Yeah. yeah, sluggish. Slugs is a different scenario. I don't think there are insects out there. I thought it was a great line from Steve Kerr, though. He was somewhat asked about this after the game. He he was asked about the Warriors. If they were playing harder, if they were playing like slugs, he's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He got filled in on it by yeah. Ray Ritter. And he said, well, actually, we were flying around out there. We were playing like bugs. <laughs> Run the house down. Uh, John Beeline signed a five-year contract. I thought it was only a three-year oh, contract. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Cavs, what's so, crazy about this. 66-year-old yeah. college coach. Yeah. He did sign a five-year deal. So if he's getting fired, like Tass maybe thinks, yeah. uh, he getting paid still, mm -hmm. which is wild. What do you think, though? You think he's maybe not today, but even the next season, as I asked it? Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll be there next season because I, a, a lot of coaches from college do struggle to make the transition to the uh, pros, and he clearly hasn't connected with his players. 
the Cavs uh, now look they're a, a rebuilding phrase for sure so they're not really expected to be contenders but I don't think he's had a an impact on that team that uh, the Cavs want going forward so no they're playing terrible basketball and that's part of it as well they're just yeah they're bad yeah but, uh, they, they are unfortunately in the worst team in the league spot right now in the NBA you know we've been talking about them for basically two weeks how bad they look how Kevin Love hates being there how nobody likes playing with Colin Sexton how they've botched draft picks it just honestly feels like Beeline is out of touch to be coaching 20 year olds when he's a 66 year old man Uh, I guess it's different when you're dealing with an 18 year old in college I don't understand that but uh, we've only had bad Cavs stories since 2020 started so it's not looking good no, it actually this this story this this thugs or slugs and did he mean to and what the hell's going on here? It, like, it reminded me a lot of when then uh, Knicks president Phil Jackson referred to LeBron, his group of friends and his business partners as his posse mm. um, yep. a couple of years ago. You know, again, yeah, it, it, it's similar. And like, I remember the time Maverick Carter, with LeBron's business partner, he made it adamantly clear he didn't think Phil Jackson was a racist, but. He believed the only reason Jackson used that word at the time, the posse word, was because LeBron and his group of friends and his business partners were African-American because mm-hmm. they were black. And that, and that Phil Jackson wouldn't have used the word posse if he was talking about white people, and he just wouldn't have. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know. I guess my gut says Beeline did just miss – he just – accidentally said thugs instead of slugs. I, the only reason I say that it doesn't – in the described context – using thugs doesn't really make any sense it doesn't at all and not that slugs makes a whole lot more but i guess the idea that he was saying hey i'm complimenting you for that loss against the pistons Mm. because you played with a little bit more energy you weren't as sluggish um as you were in the four prior losses i guess i'm maybe reaching maybe i'm not when would thugs make sense in a basketball locker room anyway (laughs) like it doesn't no no you're you're right Uh, i think all (laughs) i think this now like because look we just went from the Cavs tuning out beeline in reports not that long ago like these film sessions they were like like this guy college approach we don't care he harps on everything uh they just tuned him out to now now they're like whoa what the hell did you just say like we've like 180'd on it like they perked up because like what what, what, what is he talking and about? And there was here? even some of the original re- report that said some of the players didn't even notice that he had said it, which to me means some of the players just weren't paying attention to what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I d- I'm I'm gonna go true. I don't think he's gonna be there next year. I don't know if it'll be today, like maybe Tass is leaning into, but uh, it can't be long. I guess Kobe Altman's obviously looking into it by all reports from Woj and gonna make a decision. They'll, they'll probably uh, look at the. Uh media assessment of it too and take the, some of that into consideration if, if it looks like hey man you can't keep a guy on who's yeah. said that maybe they take that into consideration if people sort of well, give him the benefit of the doubt though maybe they uh, just hope it goes away yeah truthfully it's going to be up to in my opinion it would be up to the players I mean right. he's re- Beeline's reached out he's apologized but Kobe Altman and the Cavs organization needs to talk to those guys and say like what do you think here like what, what's your take on it just a mistake move on yeah they're doing some sort of it's up to them to me there's reports that they are doing some sort of investigation and having some sort of conversations today but yeah we're in uh, we're in january here and we've already had anonymous sources in the first i guess it was month of the season in the Cavs locker room saying john beeline has already lost the the locker room and no one listens to him and then on the floor you obviously had the Kevin Love scenario where no one's playing together and the team is is extremely bad and it's being led by a bunch of young players 
that don't seem to be getting better. And so somebody's going to pay the price, and mm-hmm. they're just not. Yeah, as Trey said, he's he's not in touch like he was at Michigan. The the guys who are in the backcourt, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland obviously gets a pass because he's been in the league two months. But Colin Sexton isn't getting better. The team isn't being run any better. Colin Sexton is at the bottom of uh, John Hollinger's NBA playmakers slash quarterbacks article on the Athletic. He's thirtieth of thirty, and his number his numbers are fine when you look at Sexton's numbers individually, but somebody's got to pay the price at some point. And maybe the fact that he signed a five-year deal with the Cavs and John Beeline helps him because all four of those other years are guaranteed. But, hey, is there a moral clause in the NBA? Hmm. Can you not get paid for the rest of your year? There has to be. There has to be some sort of some sort of out. I watch the morning show. There has to be some sort of out for people uh, that violate that sort of moral ethical clause and yes we'll figure out whether or not he said you guys were playing like a bunch of slugs but now you're not or whether you called them a bunch of thugs mm-hmm. well according to chris fader of cleveland.com beeline is currently conducting the shoot around for the cleveland cavaliers in detroit right now so we'll see next one kemba walker was called for two technical fouls and ejected for the first time in his nba career as part of a crazy sequence in the third quarter of Boston's 129 to 114 loss to the Spurs last night, Kemba was dropped on a pretty bone-crunching screen set by LaMarcus Aldridge. Kemba popped up. He immediately had words for rookie referee Evan Scott, and uh, it didn't take long to get tossed. I mean, you got the two techs right there. It felt unusually fast, I would say, for an ejection, but true or false, Kemba didn't deserve to be ejected that quickly. Let's throw it that way. True or false on that? I'll say false on that. I, I'd say now he's probably got a complaint on the on the on the block. There it was a pretty tough screen set from Lamarcus Aldridge, but he got up, he went at the ref, he got that first tee, okay. and he clearly just didn't care. He kept going. But so he, the, he kept going for like two seconds. Is the is it, the it, problem? Well, to me. but he was sort of he was sort of making his way towards the referee. He he just almost ignored that first tech, and to me it was one of those ones he wanted to just. He wanted to get ejected. I mean, they were having a bad night. Yeah. They'd sort of gotten back into the game. He was frustrated. He just got hit, and then he was just well, like, So right. he wanted to experience being ejected because he had <laughs> never been ejected in his I, I, whole I'm just saying, like, like, you know, you say something to the referee, and then, you know, you get your tee, and you kind of cool down. But he got that tee. He saw that tee, and then he just kept going. So he's kind of asking for it in that sense. Okay, but that's the difference. Most referees, they give you the first tee. Then they let you cool down. Yeah. They let you probably keep barking a little bit. They let your teammates hold you back. You walk away as the referee, give them a chance, and then if they continue, yes, okay, maybe it's time for a second tech. You're out of here. But it was bang bangly. I mean, it's a rookie official. That's that's it was so very very quick. That that's the issue here. Is the rookie official? Does he maybe feel a little disrespect? And he's like, listen, I'm not having someone just yeah. scream in my face when I've already hit you with a T. Well, it, it, it's it's a very very tough sort of line. But I do think Kemba crossed it. I think so. So he got his two tees. He got his... uh, Look, if they're winning the game, he probably doesn't do it. If they're not having such a a frustrating night, himself personally as well, he probably doesn't do it. But I think a culmination of those things, and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to let this guy have it and test the referee out a little bit. So I don't know. I mean... Okay. What do you guys think? True or false on that? He didn't deserve to be ejected that quickly, at least. It seemed like a quickie to me, uh, but I assumed that the ref was probably a little upset that it might have been a little flop, a little sales job by Kemba Walker. It was a hard screen, no doubt about it. Yeah, because Aldridge sort of leans, like, really into it. Like, leans forward on it. He definitely leans into it, and it could have easily been called a foul. 
um, on Aldridge. But I think that if you're a ref, you see a guy go flailing, then he's yelling at you, then he's still yelling at you. You overreact, you toss him. It was too quick for me, but maybe you're rightly. Maybe you just want to get kicked out. Inspire yeah. the team. Yeah. There's probably uh, the content that what Kemba Walker said, I think, is, is key here. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that seemed to be what really agitated the referee. He turned away. He did give him the calm down, two, uh, two palms to the floor, relax call, <laughs> and uh, turned around. And, you know, I, I don't like to bring up the age of the official or the, or the stature, tenure of the official into it because it could happen to Joey Crawford. It could happen to any official. And so it happened – we have no idea what was said on the floor, and I think it's you know over overriding the story here, which are which is the San Antonio Spurs kicking ace. They are they're smoking hot. They 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 they're dropping the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they dropped the Boston Celtics. They put up 129 points on the board. People are gonna start liking to watch the San Antonio Spurs. Sounds like they're the best team in the East. In the <laughs> Took e- down the Bucks and the Celtics. <laughs> Switch conferences. One, uh, one, one more thing before we can. I, I'm totally in on talking about the Spurs. Lonnie Walker killing it. I understand um, if you're not. Nobody really no, no, is. I, but I, one day, but one, one more, day we will be because Lonnie Walker's on the but team. But one yeah. more thing, because I thought you were going to go there with your the, talking about the age of the official. I think that's exactly what I saw in this. I saw, uh, I saw an official being young and new, a rookie, with thin skin. Right? These officials over time generally, they're, they're, they get thick skin. I mean, you can take it a little bit more. He got look, profanity was thrown. No doubt. I'm sure Kemba swore at him. I don't know. Uh, Joey Crawford threw out Tim Duncan when he was sitting on well, the bench. Joey, and Joey Crawford, Crawford was hundred years old. I'm talking about good <laughs> officials. Um, that to me, that's all it is, and that's fine. He's human and he's new at his job. And I, I, I would like to think maybe a year or two into the league, he lets that one go a little bit longer. You know, again, a little bit longer uh, cooling down period. Give him a chance to. Stop first. He he never stopped swearing, in my opinion. So, you know what I mean. It was like that so wasn't a it wasn't a swear t white start again. Yeah, it's just, it was just I that think one. He said something nasty. He said something nasty after the first. I'm not saying he didn't say something nasty. After the first tee, it was a, it was a there was a break, and then Kemba Walker did say something. I wish we had a scenario where Jimmy like Jimmy Butler said about T.J. Warren. Oh, he disrespected me. Well, the official should come out and say this is what he said. Well, they quote it. T- tell the pool reporters. They did what say he said. something. They he said, said uh, Kemba Walker used profanity towards an official. That led to the first technical foul. He continued to use profanity and was given a second technical foul. Mm. That's what the uh, they said to the pool reporters after the game. I think it was Mott. Um, I, want, I want the words. Also, <laughs> <laughs> give me the words. You, um, mm-hmm. Brad Stevens got a tech in the exact same incident. So he's screaming away. He gets one, too. I mean, everybody's yelling at the official. And maybe that's the other part of it. It's like, that's why you sort of do need to, like, as much as you can, like, sort of walk away. You gave the tech. But everybody's going to go nuts, so you don't even know. Maybe Kemba didn't even yell that second profanity. Maybe it was someone else. Maybe it was uh, someone in the stands or so- another teammate or something like that. Look, I'm just trying to make an excuse for Kemba. He's a good guy. This isn't his. Uh, this is not how he rolls. Okay, this is the first time ever. So it's pretty, uh, you know, out of character. I would. I think we'd all agree for him. I think uh, Lou Williams had his first ejection as well this season, right? Mm. A lot of firsts out there. Mm. But then also, amidst all this, a fan threw a beer can onto the court. It just missed the Spurs bench. Like, it went over the head. I think it was, like, Pirtle and maybe Bellinelli are there. And it lands on the floor. 
Good news is Celtics say the fan was immediately identified and arrested. I can't imagine he'll ever be back. He or she will ever be back into that arena. But uh, there's some madness going on here. Nicole Yang has the details. Boston.com. 22-year-old man from Everett. He was sitting in the section 303 in the balcony, and it wasn't a beer. It was a 20-ounce Truly. Oh, my God. <laughs> a spiked seltzer from a Beantown boy. Ooh. He threw it <laughs> from the upper bowl. I could have <laughs> literally yeah. decapitated someone. Yeah. yeah. Knocked them out. Um, okay, yeah. Crazy incident. Kemba gets tossed. Again, I think the official was a little too quick with the whistle, but let's talk Spurs because you're, you're, not, you're not wrong. That's a nice win, 129 to 114, and they've sort of got it going here now again. Offensive. Rosen has. He's just going to that mid-range and just knocking them down. He, uh, I mean, it's funny when he went to San Antonio because prior to joining the Spurs, he was trying to develop that three-point shot, but it just wasn't really there for DeRozan. And I think Popovich said, man, if it's not your shot, don't worry about it. You've got other skills and other ways of scoring. And it, it feels like when DeRozan is in this sort of a groove and in this sort of rhythm, we saw it there in Toronto a lot throughout his time there. He, he can just get his shot anytime he wants it mm-hmm. and he gets the free throw line a lot he's a very good shooter he's a very reliable player and the Spurs who you know we, we've talked about whether or not this will be the season they finally miss the playoffs well it just this is the sort of thing it just sort of feels like the Spurs are that team that know how to win whereas teams like the Grizzlies and the Blazers who are behind them well, the Blazers, of course, have been in the in the playoffs the last couple of years, but it just feels like the Spurs will be that one team that will do enough mm-hmm. to keep them in because these veterans like him and like Aldridge and Paddy Mills has been very good for them recently as well, uh, that the Spurs are, are just going to keep on spurring. Always find a way. <laughs> uh, that was the first game of a four-game road trip here for the Spurs too. So that's a big one uh, going into Boston and getting it because now they go to Memphis, then Toronto, and then Miami. Not easy teams right there. Mm. Even even you know the Grizzlies right there, right on their tails and playing well, and then the Raps and the Heat never an easy win, especially in their barn. So, yeah. but that's where the Spurs always find they they start to find these W's. They go on these little weird road trips, mm-hmm. and that's when they come back and they're suddenly you know right back into the mix. And uh, you know some people don't like watching Demar Derozan play basketball because he is Mister Mid Ranger, but when he's got it going like this, he's had a, a nine game stretch here where he is absolutely on fire, shooting you know around sixty five percent, and scorching it and so he is interesting to watch then even if he doesn't have a three-point shot but I know Greg Popovich doesn't want to bend to new NBA rules but he's forcing LaMarcus Aldridge to shoot three-pointers somebody's got to do it he can't just have everybody shooting mid-rangers and then uh, guys are exciting like we mentioned earlier Lonnie Walker is awesome to watch he only played 19 minutes in this game but he took 11 shots because when he gets out there as part of the bench unit he's faster uh, and more athletic than a lot of guys, yep. and he's got skills, and they've brought him along slowly here, you know, as a, a second-year player, and, I, you know, they're not going to give him the keys, but he's, he's fun to just watch, and he's obviously easy to point out with that hair, and I like, I just enjoy Spurs basketball for a moment, which is crazy to see. Yeah, he was good in the um, in the Bucks win, too, uh, in the last game, too. Oh, yeah. You, you know, he didn't he didn't score like nearly 20 points, but he was, he was put up an eight and seven and he was very positive when he was out there with that second unit. Um, and was a big reason why they sort of blew out the bucks Spurs being the Spurs final one here, guys undrafted guard. Terrence Davis made the most of his first NBA start last night, 23 points, 11 boards to help the banged up Raptors escape with the 112, 110 overtime win in Charlotte. So true or false, Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster, and the Raptors have found another gem in Terrence Davis, the second. He was great last night, sure. Put that uncut gem on the shelf. (laughs) 
I thought we were going to see our very first Terry versus Terry fight at the end of that oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Terrence Davis versus Terry Rozier. Yeah, but uh, the closing lineup for the Raptors, like, that could have been a garbage time lineup. I saw Blake Murphy tweeting. Not any different, but what a crazy game this was to see it go from the Raptors blow a double-digit lead to suddenly the Hornets blow a double-digit mm-hmm. lead, and then we're in overtime. It seemed like every play was either a turnover or a three-pointer down the stretch and in overtime. It was a, it was that a was fun a game to watch. good overtime. Yeah, because yeah, overtimes can be generally blowouts at times, gets out of hand, or sluggish. Um, there it is, sluggish. I used it. Uh, <laughs> Did you? Were they playing like slugs? <laughs> no, I see. I've never said that. You're right. Um but this was entertaining. It was. It was. It was back and forth. And I don't even know. It should have probably never been in overtime in the first place. So yeah. Jabaka, ooh, holding on to PJ Washington's jersey there, and then <laughs> getting called for it before the inbound. So that was a, a free shot for uh, for the Hornets. But to then tie he made up. up for it in overtime. He did. Anyway, so he did. And, and that I think is uh, just shows uh, like like some experience there. It's like he he messed up, but it didn't cost his team. But he forgot about it. Went out there and uh, hit the big shot, and then hit a couple of free throws too. And just just his presence, I think, uh, you know, at the rim there, you know, he's he's still a very effective deterrent for guys. You know, like I think um, when you go inside, you just know Serge is there. He's not quite as uh, the shot blocker he was in his OKC days, but he, but he knows how to contest shots. But what about Terrence, man? Yeah, he was great. He was. It's amazing. It's a feel good story. Being undrafted and and then starting putting up numbers like that. He hit he hit two huge threes yep. in overtime. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about him. Again, we're not college experts. He played at Ole Miss. If John Hollinger was still a GM, he would have went drafted. That's for sure. I, every time that Terrence Davis has a good game, I see a John Hollinger tweet saying, "How did this guy go undrafted?" The world may never know. <laughs> there was uh, people at summer league. There's a story on, on summer league when he hit the floor and he played for the for uh, in in that game. I forget what what day it was, but everybody afterwards he got a contract offer from multiple teams right. they're ready to sign him and um yeah you know i've sat around a lot of people watching games early this season and they say who the heck is that uh but we're two months in and um now the fact that they're missing basically four rotation players four of their top rotation players uh, he is making his name known and uh you know sort of like freddie van vliet uh, yeah. he's gonna get a, a contract where he's gonna bet on himself hopefully and and stick around the nba for a long time yeah, it's. I think you're right. I think it is uh, a little Van Vliet like because he's a. He appears to be a pretty hard nosed defender. I saw KOC talking about that. I guess he did that at Ole Miss too, and he can score. Uh, you can get some buckets for you, and you pair those things together. You got yourself maybe an NBA player when you play that hard with a little chip on your shoulder, like he appeared to. And yeah, getting into it with Rozier there at oh, the yeah. end. A very entertaining game. Raptors Hornets. Who would have thought? All right, got top five still. Got tweet of the night. First word from our sponsors. The second week of the playoffs is upon us the NFL playoffs. The bad news is that there's only a few more weeks left in the football season. But the good news is you can still get your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. And if you've never played before, there's even more to celebrate. You can play for a $1 million top prize this weekend. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game. I'm getting really hot reading this. Like having a shot at a $1 million top prize. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with. 
throughout the playoffs. With only the best playoff teams left, there's no better time to be playing. Download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. Remember, that's code RUN, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Okay. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Top five times. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. Well, Lily, what do you got? Yeah, okay. To Mark, uh, it's top 40 five, years five, since the five. three-pointer was introduced into the NBA, and The Athletic is releasing several different articles about the impact it's had and how the shot has evolved and changed the game over mm. time. So... I decided to look into it a little bit myself. And um, look, this is not your typical top five. I'll say that oh now. And, uh, is, rather, is it ever typical no, when you do a top never, five? No. no, usually when we do a top five, we just sort of find five things and arbitrarily rank them. And yeah. it comes down to opinion, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's top five. <laughs> yeah, well, I decided uh, there has to be a less subjective way of ranking the top five most uh, important three-pointers in NBA history. Oh. Okay. So I devised a table with criteria. <laughs> And this would then tell us, based on science, the most important three-pointers in NBA history. So I've made up what I call the Chris Ford Index. Chris Ford, of course, being the first NBA player to hit a three-pointer. That's right. Okay, so these are the categories for the most important three-pointers in NBA history. Time remaining on the clock. You get three points if it's a 0-0-0. Okay, you get two points if there's less than seven seconds and one point if there's more than seven seconds. Okay. Shot difficulty. Was the shot tough? Three points. <laughs> Tough contested shot. Was it a right place at the right time type of shot? You get two points. Was it an uncontested look? You get one point. Game impact. Three points for a championship win. Two points for a series win. One point for a game win or extend. Yep. So maybe a, yep. a game win or an overtime. overtime. Historical league impact. This is very important here. Three points for an all-time NBA defining moment. Two points for a biggest moment in team slash franchise history. One point for a relevant to that season only. Okay. <laughs> and then memorability. Three points for a I remember where I was moment. Two points for a one that I still remember clearly. One point for one that I have to think about. Okay, great. No, no subjective uh, criteria <laughs> at all. Great. So I'm just going to give you the three pointers and then we'll see what the science tells us at the end. Okay? Love what? a rubric. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay, let's start. Where do you want to start? Let's start here. Kyrie Irving, Game 7, 2016 NBA Finals, Cleveland at Golden State. Scores tied with 53 seconds remaining. Kyrie rises up on Steph Curry, hits a deep three. Cavs go on to win that game, the championship, and complete the never-before-seen 3-1 comeback in the NBA Finals. Now, do you want me to break it down now, or do you want me to read I think you should break it down. Okay, well, let's have a look at it then. Let's break it down. Time remaining. He only gets one point. Yeah, okay. 40 seconds or something like that? 53 seconds when he hits it, yeah. Shot difficulty. It was contested. It was a tough shot. He basically invited the defense, so he gets three points for that. Game impact. Championship win. That was the championship winning shot, really. I mean, I know LeBron scored one more point after that, but that won them the championship. Uh, historical league so impact. What was that, three points. Three points, yeah. yeah. Historical league impact, all time NBA defining moment. I mean, the, the Cavs come back yeah. from 3 1 down. Kyrie hits the shot. So Can't he gets three that. points right, for that. He's at 10 right now. Uh, memorability, 
I remember where I was watching where, where, that. Where I, was, I was on the couch watching that. So, but 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 more about Trey, like, was, Trey was there. Trey was there. Yeah. Trey was there. But no, I'm for that. It's that was like a West Coast game. You sure you're awake? <laughs> yeah. Game seven. Game seven of the finals. I'll stay up for that one. So he scores a total of thirteen points. That's a good score. That's a very I think good score. He was score. basically picking up threes across the board, except that first. One. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ray Allen, game six, two thousand thirteen, San Antonio. Uh, Miami. It's in overtime. Heat down three. Uh, no, it's not no. in overtime. Sorry, sorry. It's uh, it's regulation. Heat down three. LeBron James rises up for a shot. Clanks it off. Chris Bosh is there to corral the rebound. Quickly shuffles it to Ray Allen, who puts up a three, knocks it in. Heat go on to win the game in overtime and force a game seven before eventually winning the championship. So how many points are you going to Time remaining. There's more than... Uh, more th- it wasn't a 0.00, remember? It was like 5.2 yeah, seconds. Because Bosch played defense. That's right. Corner. So we only get two points for that. Shot difficulty. <laughs> now, this one was a tough one. This was a tough one. Was it a right place at the right time, or was it a tough contested shot? I went for a tough contested shot because Tony Parker is right there, yeah. even though he wasn't really the right place at the right time because it wasn't his play. Yeah, yeah, but he does the whole back up into the corner. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, a little dance yeah. backwards, and he yeah. practiced it. And stuff I, like can, that. I can't believe the difficulty is up for grabs on this. Yeah. <laughs> he was sprinting backwards. Yeah. yeah, but he was in the right place at the right time because it was LeBron's <laughs> shot. You know, that's that's. See, this is where the science is going to help so us points. out. I'm glad we have he, the he gets uh, he gets three points for that. I gave him the I gave oh. him the uh, tough <laughs> contested yes, shot. Okay. <laughs> okay, game impact. Now this is tough because the game impact he only extended the game. Weak. It's what the science says. Are you right? <laughs> he only extended the game, but he saved a title. I know, but it, 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 the thing was, they still had to go on and win another game. Yeah. They had to win that yeah, game, and then yeah. they had to go on to win I, the I, game. I, I'm, I, again, I'm just, I just right. tried to make it so that we would we would have some sort of um, evidence to show <laughs> how important... If he misses that shot, they lose the championship, but it's not like, uh, like, it's not like it was his fault that they lost the championship, if you know what I mean. No. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't have the shot that that lost them a champion. Yeah. Anyway, right. historical league impact. I think this was an all-time defining moment. Fair. We Are remember we still that. Talking about Real. Yeah. Yes. Of course, it's an all-time <laughs> defining. Yeah. League. yeah. And uh, memorability. I also gave it a three. I remember where I was watching that one. <laughs> oh my god! This that's the weirdest category. Well, wait, where it, were you? Uh, on the couch. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. Now it gets a bit juicy here. Game six, 1993 NBA Finals. Chicago Bulls lead the Suns 3-2. However, Phoenix is leading the game 96-98 with 14 seconds remaining. Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan has the only is the only player for the Bulls who scored in that fourth quarter, nine points. They gave up an eight-point lead going into the third quarter. So you figure Michael Jordan's going to get the ball, right? He gets the ball, but he passes off to Scottie Pippen, who drives inside to Horace Grant, who finds John Paxson wide open, knocks down a three with 3.9 seconds remaining. Bulls get a stop at the other end and go on to win. So let's break that one down. Time remaining. Less than seven seconds. 3.9 seconds. So he gets two points for that. Shot difficulty. Was he in the right place at the right time or was it an uncontested open look? I went with uncontested open look. <laughs> Game impact. Championship win. Championship win. No doubt about it. That's right. Historical league impact. All-time defining moment. The Bulls won their three-peak. And John Paxson remains a Bulls... Exactly. Employee to this day. If he misses that shot, does Garpax never happen? And well, really and makes the, you think. The thing is, what Jordan what Jordan achieved by by winning that championship was something that Magic, Larry, and Isaiah couldn't do before him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, memorability. Well, where were you? Yeah. See, you didn't watch this one. No. See, I mean, wow. I, I had to I had to get this one at home. Um, <laughs> you know, the next day. 
So one point. Yeah. Maybe zero. No, I, get, I gave it two. I do because I think I, I remember. I just saw him hit the yeah, keyboard. I, know, I, know, I saw I know. him hit a two on the I know, keyboard. I know. Just I know. He's some reason, the score. For some reason, backspace two. For some reason, I had that as a three. But well, I do remember where I was when I saw it, but it just wasn't live because I was in Australia. Oh, fascinating. I remember where I was when I saw it. Where? On the couch. Great spot to be. I was only nine, though. A lot of things happen. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's it, right? No, no, there's a few more. That's only three, I think. Yeah. Lee, you've put more work into this top five than you have ever put into the combined effort into the rest of the show. Well, like I say, this is not my opinion. This is what science... And... How many more do you have left? Uh, a few, Honestly. a few, a few. Um, split them up, do some more tomorrow. Because <laughs> it's not well, really a top well, five at all. Well, okay, so let's have a look at this one. Game five, 2005 <laughs> NBA Finals. San Antonio, Detroit. Series tied 2-2. Spurs down two with 9.4 seconds remaining. Robert Ory inbounds the ball and somehow gets left wide open. He's had an incredible game. Knocks down a three. Spurs go on to win the game uh, and the championship, but in seven games. So let's break it down. This one's not that big. It was huge in the context uh, yeah, of the game. I know, but come yeah. on. No one We're remembers this about, series, uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So memorability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Memorability, I gave it a two. Uh, I still remember it clearly. It's not one you have to think about. I mean, it's just it's Robert Ory, you know? Uh, historical <laughs> league impact, though. He only gets a one yeah, okay. because it was only relevant to that season only. The Spurs have won multiple. Right. Uh, you know, so that's it. Game impact. Uh, I mean, he won the game. <laughs> He won the game. Science, the team. Game Science shot, man. Now, shot, di- shot difficulty. Did he give this one a uh, right place at the right time or an uncontested open look? I, I don't understand this category, but anyways, yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, like... like uh, it seems to be the same <laughs> classification. No, 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 it's not. It's okay, not. Because okay, it depends okay. if that play was designed for you or not. Oh, okay. You know? Like Ray Allen's wasn't designed for him, you know? Right. Uh, and time remaining, he only gets a two for that one as well because there was... Uh, what was the final verdict, though, on right place, right time versus uncontested? I gave it a, uh, a two. I gave it a two. Okay. I gave it a right place, right time. Sort of. He was he, sort of in the right place. Yeah, he, right had, he had an incredible... <laughs> Incredible game though, uh, twenty-one points. Is that the, the lefty dunk one? Yes. That game? Yes, it was. What's, I remember the, that. what's the more memorable three? I guess. So these are all finals. Yeah. yeah. So so. Well, the Ori's Ori. Oh, what about Ori against the Kings? So Ori against the Kings. <laughs> oh, that's still <laughs> on here. Oh, let's break it down, Tassie. Let's oh, break it down. I, I didn't think it was on. <laughs> what are you it's, doing? The, it's the final one. Time remaining zero point zero zero on the clock. So he gets three points. A billion back. points. Shot difficulty. Well, this is clearly a right place at the right time. Clearly, clearly even because he had guys coming at him so it wasn't uncontested there uh, game impact well uh, <laughs> it was only a game win it wasn't a series win yeah. it wasn't a championship win so it only gets one point for yeah, that yeah. historical league impact again relevant to that season only really for the Lakers I mean they'd won two championships already and uh, they would come back and, and, and beat the uh, Kings in that series and then memorability I mean we all remember that one not couch. necessarily where you were at the time but you I remember. was carrying a couch Carrying really? it, yeah, upstairs. Really? Yeah, wow. I looked into an apartment that was playing the game. <laughs> okay, maybe while I we were yelling pivot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one scores a nine. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. break down every NBA three pointer <laughs> by my five step process. Yeah. So the only other the other uh, other one I have. Well, I've got the John Stockton one in there against yeah. the uh, against the Rockets. Rockets yeah. But then I've only got one man who has two entries for the price of one, as Damian Lillard. I couldn't split his two. Okay. But of course, they both came in the first round. But they were so identical. For so many reasons. So uh, I put them together. Time remaining, both times, 0.0. Yeah. Maximum three points Six there. Six points, really. Shot difficulty, 
both of them, I mean, in 37 feet out against the uh, <laughs> Thunder and against the Rockets, I mean, fading away. Fading. Yep, yep. Hard. Hard. Knocked it in there, knocked it in there. Points. Game impact. He won the game. No, series wins both times. <laughs> series wins. Gets two points. You idiot. Have you been paying attention? My bad. <laughs> now, historical league impact is, is different for this one because the Blazers are champions. They've been champions. So, I think, and Lillard, it was only first round both times. Yeah, so, yeah. he only gets got a one. Got a he only yep. gets a one point for that. Memorability, I mean, two. I gave him two. You have to, you, I don't remember where what? I was. Uh, I don't remember where I was. I don't remember where I was for the Rockets one, and I I was asleep for the one against the Thunder. So. Ah, there it is. All right, so so final scores. Final I mean, score. We've come this far. We might as well hear the yeah. final scores. What is the most memorable shot then? With 13 points, the most memorable three pointer in NBA history goes to Kyrie Irving. What's the first one I said? <laughs> Well, I thought Ray Allen was going to win. I thought Ray Allen was going to win. That's why we have science. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Science is always right. Ray Allen finished with 12, All right. 12 points. So, so Kyrie's uh, shot game seven versus the Warriors is the most memorable three-point most shot. Most important, in- most impactful three-pointer in NBA history. Incredible. That was, <laughs> I think, Lee's top five. <laughs> Let's get to Trey's Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Trey will now take us through every tweet from last night in the world. I don't want this to be subjective, you know? I've got a 14-point rubric to talk about every NBA tweet from last night. I can't believe this. I've actually got two tweets. Oh, my God. The first one, it's a quickie. It's a tip of the big green cap to Master Chief and Happy Wedge who went on the court with a no-dunks sign last night. They said, still smiling in Beantown, even after a bad loss. They got Boston Beantown boys on the sign. They got no-dunks. <laughs> Looks great. Shout out to you, Chief. You're the goat of sending in signs. Yep. It's official, but the real tweet of the night comes from Miles Brown, Brown on Twitter. He says, in a poll, who would be the best in today's NBA? Who would be the best now? Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, or Allen Iverson. I was going to say we could debate this, but we just heard about every three-pointer that's ever been made in the NBA. So instead, I'll just ask you, who do you think is leading this poll? What, like, yeah. what do you think the order is on yeah, this? Bird, that's... Hakeem, and Iverson. I- I'm going to say Iverson because he's the most recent and most popular with those who are probably voting. Yeah, I, and I important. also... Th- important. Yeah, that's important. I also think people's... I'm not saying my opinion. Mm. People's mind might go to, well... Akeem Olajuwon, a big guy, obviously doing work in the post, uh, not as important in today's game, which I, by the way, think he would absolutely dominate today's game. And then Larry Legend, people might go, uh, maybe not the most athletic guy of all time, obviously a Hall of Famer, but uh, could he hang with the athletes in today's game? I also think absolutely he could and he would kill them. So yeah, I'm going to agree with the guys that I think the poll says Iverson. Iverson, Iverson, Tassie? Yeah, it's Iverson. He's the Twitter... The most popular player on Twitter. That's that's why I would take him. All right. Glad I asked the question. With 25.6% of Whoa. the vote in third place, Allen Iverson. Okay, wow. good. 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 Yeah, yes. really good. 30.8% of the vote in second place, Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm, okay. So. And that means Larry Bird taking it home 43.5%. Fairly wow. evenly split for a, it's not bad, yeah. for a Twitter, as far as a Twitter poll goes. It's great. I saw that. I'm glad I, yeah. I. I'm glad I didn't click on it because I saw it 
the the poll last night, but I didn't follow up in it and see who was voting. So uh, that's good. Mm. What do you think about that? Very quickly, would, my vote like, was for Larry Bird. Yeah, I picked Larry Bird because I mean the guy was a great three point shooter, despite the yeah, fact that his point. career three point percentage uh, isn't super high. But if he were playing in twenty twenty, he would have been practicing shooting threes from the second he learned how to shoot a basketball. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, would Larry Bird be a better Luka Doncic? Would they be? I mean, they're similar sort of players, you know, like a big, tall ball handler, yeah. excellent passer, can hit from outside, can score inside. So I, I think uh, Luka dominating the league this year definitely helps Larry Bird's case yeah. on this poll. That's fair. Good poll. Yeah. Great tweets. Love it. Fun show here. Let's get to pick them results from Wednesday night. Hey, high fives to everybody here. High five. Let me pass it around. <laughs> pass that to Tass. There we go. Yeah, Send we it all, back, dog. We all took <laughs> the Nuggets oh, in Dallas. Dallas was favored by three and a half. Uh, maybe that line was as big as it was because, yeah, Mavericks were, were without Porzingis, but the Nuggets were without Paul Millsap and Will Barton. But Denver got the win. Money line win, baby. Um, so everybody picks up the W. Lee, you're four and one mm. in 2020. Trey and myself were three and two. Tass, two and three. Tonight's game. Big one. Russell Westbrook goes back to Oklahoma City for the first time. Houston at OKC, second part of the TNT doubleheader. The line is pretty close. Houston is favored by two and a half on the road in Oklahoma City. Well, Lee, you've been talking up this uh, potential playoff matchup later down the line between the Rockets and the Thunder. So why don't you get us started? OKC favored by two and a half, you said, Lee? Or Tess? No. Sorry, what'd you say? Houston now, right? Yeah, Houston's favorite oh, by two bad. and a half. Oh, my bad. I had that yeah. in my notes wrong. Uh, Houston's favorite. Okay. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I've been on the on the Thunder wagon lately, and I'll I'll continue to ride it. I've taken the Thunder. Ah, uh, that's tough because Houston playing last night in Atlanta. Westbrook didn't Ooh. though. No, you're right. Westbrook didn't. You're right. Good point. Um, Harden. Oh, I thought my. Uh, my premonition was going to come true there after that first quarter in Atlanta last night. Well, if he didn't miss 100,000 shots, yeah. <laughs> might have got to 80. What do you have at the end of the first quarter? Like 22? 22? Something, something like that. 21, 22, 23. Um, but didn't come close to the 70 plus that I predicted. But uh, I'm going to go with Lee. OKC plus two and a half. I didn't know they – I thought OKC was favored. So, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I thought Houston was – or uh, OKC was favored as well. And I was going OKC even in that case. They're a little bit fresher. They're playing at home. This is going to be a big game for the Thunder. Give me OKC. Yeah, I'll take OKC whoa. as well. All right, whoa, we might whoa, be having whoa, another whoa, round whoa, of high whoa, fives whoa. tomorrow, my friend. <laughs> what happens if we're all wrong? What do we do uh, tomorrow in the office if we're all wrong with this uh, We'll do the Lee Ellis double middle fingers <laughs> down, down to each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Guys, make sure you check out the other po- great podcasts on the Athletic Network. Count the Dings, Back to Back, Hoops Adjacent, so many more. There's over a dozen team-specific shows as well, featuring a number of your favorite athletic reporters. That's it for us today. We'll catch you tomorrow with the drop. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, the show's over. No, let's talk about three-pointers. <laughs> I just thought of another. Well, there's a couple more <laughs> I didn't make the cut with. But <laughs> Brace the day, people. You could stay.